Welcome back, Clearwater Jazz Holiday Jazz Master Virtual Sessions, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Brandon Robertson is back with us. What's up, Brandon? How y'all doing? How y'all doing today? Doing well. Feeling blessed. Nice. So, uh... Brandon is uh, back with a topic. We're going to be talking some jazz theory today, 251 progression part one. And uh, Brandon has been no stranger to Clearwater Jazz education and outreach. Uh, in fact, Brandon has, uh, I, I was just trying to count these, Brandon. I think, I think this is like the 23rd virtual session that you've done with us. Wow. Um, or close to it, which is just incredible. And they've all been so awesome. I'm looking back at like, there's so many things that you have covered. Um, from, more to cover. <laughs> I mean, you've done stuff like, um, uh, you know, ra how do, where do I begin as a professional musician, raising the bar, preparing for performances to things like thinking like a horn player from a bass perspective, We've had some guests with you talking about, um, like there was a great one where you did, where you had a guest vocalist with you and, and we talked about accompanying a vocalist and um, some business kind of stuff about like negotiating a gig, um, which I know was really helpful and valuable to some young, young players. And you even got in a little bit on the conversation with series where we had Jamison Ross here with us, which was amazing. And um, our What I Love About series, for those that don't know, these are sort of like uh, deeper dives into uh, some jazz musicians that have been inspirational to the educators working with us. Some are jazz leg legends and um others are just um you know more contemporary players that are just um, really great and brandon did one on paul chambers he did one on jaco pistorius and i know he's going to be doing some others there too so check out the studio at clearwaterjazz.com and on the studio you're going to see all the archive sessions so you can watch these again you can also listen to them on a podcast we have you just have to search young lions jazz master virtual sessions wherever you stream your podcasts and um they're available on most major platforms you can uh, check them all out check out brandon's in particular and the other thing you need to check out from brandon plug time based on a true story b-a-s-s -S apostrophe d based on a true oh yeah Brandon's got a copy of it right there. This is such a great album. It's his first debut album, and t and it was uh, released, I think, the fall of 2019. Yep. All the way to number 16 on the iTunes Top 200. Check it out. It's great. Brandon is an Emmy-nominated music director, professional upright electric bassist, composer, music educator, and a lot of other things. We don't like labels here. He's just yeah. all those things, man. From Tampa, Florida, he completed his BA in music from Florida State University in 2009, Masters of Music and Jazz Studies in the spring of 2016. He is the director of Jazz Studies and director of the Florida Gulf Coast University Basketball Band at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers. In 2018, Brandon was nominated for an Emmy Award for Best Documentary for Educational Collegiate Programs featuring the FGCU Jazz Ensemble. 
He's a prominent band leader. He's taken his band on multiple national tours. He's played with some really great players, including the world-famous Count Basie Orchestra, led by director Scotty Barnhart and many others. He, he's been a featured regular as part of these virtual sessions, a great friend of Jazz Holiday, and just an incredible guy and incredible musician. So we're so happy to have Brandon with us. And I want to thank our... Uh, our sponsors, everybody that supports Jazz Holiday Foundation, including Blue Water Wealth Management at Steward Partners and Duke Energy, who helped to present our studio archive of these videos, and Marine Max Clearwater, who helped to present the podcast. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Brandon for today's session on 251 Progression Jazz Theory. Let's go. All right. Well, as we say in the jazz world it's go time it's go time so thank you for that wonderful introduction steve as usual to the clearwater jazz holiday foundation you know how much love i have for all of you we're pretty much family now this is a wonderful relationship that you guys have we've started and also to all the to, to all the inspiring young musicians who are watching this please understand that this particular organization has not only uplifted the community of Central Florida out of the Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg and Clearwater area, but the amount of resources that they have been pumping out to the band directors and to the schools, man, can't it doesn't get any better than that. So of course I have to I have to contribute. It would it would it wouldn't be right of me if I did not. So thank you guys once again for having me. It's always a pleasure. I love doing it. You can hear it in my voice. I love doing it. So it's not a problem at all. So let's get right into this. So for today's topic, it's pretty straightforward. We're gonna talk about some jazz theory. Now in the past as mentioned, I've done some more generalized topics, how to negotiate on a gig, how to prepare yourself for a gig. What are some of the things that you can uh, muster to get yourself to become a professional musician? Things, etc., stuff like that. And also dealing with just specific bass stuff. But I haven't really dived or dialed into theory. Now, from a bass player's perspective, Theory is the most important, and I mean that. I mean the most important element I can have as a musician. I mean, obviously, I need rhythm. Of course, you need rhythm. I need to know how to play bass, too. That's even more important, more important, excuse me, fundamental. However, however, there's another side to it, okay? And the theoretical side of it is if you don't know what it is that you're, if you don't understand what it is you're playing, then you can never master the true mus musicality of what you're trying to present and get your point across musically without having to use any verbiage at all, right? So something that was taught to me in undergrad as a freshman, I remember going into my jazz theory class at Florida State. It was the first day of class. First thing that my professor asks, he says, how many of you in here know about 251 progressions? Now, it's about, if I can recall, it was a long time ago. If I recall, it was about like eight or nine of us in this class. And out of that eight or nine, about five of them raised their hand. Like they, I mean, they knew it. They clearly knew what he was talking about. And the rest of us were like, nah, bruh, we have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? And so 
what happened was he said, well, within scales, you have modes. So in the major scale system, you have these different modes. You have the Ionian, Dorian, Phrygian, Lydian, Mixolydian, Aeolian, and then Locrian. So you have these seven modes that you're dealing with. Now, there was a time where I could not just spit all those modes out just like that. <laughs> I had no idea what any of them were. But what he showed me was, he said, let's take C major scale. We're gonna take the simplest scale known to man. No accidentals, no sharps, no flats. Now, what if I told you that every other note spells or makes up a, 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 a collection of pitches, which we call a triad, which we all knew at that point, we knew that. But what I did not know was that within these triads, there is a progression. There are systems that are within these progressions. So if I take the C major scale, and I take these seven pitches, I'm dealing with one, three, and five. Well, that makes up my one chord. But then, he said, well, what about two, four, and six? So we're talking about scale degrees two, scale degrees four, scale degree six. So in this case, if I'm in the key of C, scale degree two would be D. Scale degree four would be F. Scale degree six would be A. So now that makes up another triad. And so as my teacher's explaining this, it started to click, certain things started to click. For instance, when I first learned how to play Autumn Leaves, and I noticed that the first three measures of Autumn Leaves is a two, five, one progression. Now, it's not in the same measures, but it's one chord that is a two chord, it's one chord as a five chord, and then it resolves to the one of that particular sequence. So, when I when my teacher broke that down to me and said that this two this second scale degree these pitches here makes up this Dorian scale makes up this minor two chord. Oh, okay, I've seen that before. So now I know that whenever I see a minor seventh is how it was explained to me versus just a natural minor scale. Whenever I see that minor seventh, that's going to let me know that this is a Dorian scale. So what he said was, if we're in the key of C, you're playing all the notes in C major, but you're starting on the note D. And you're gonna play from D all the way up to the octave. So all those notes within that space, those collection of pitches makes up that particular scale of that chord. So that is where the connection started to make. Now he said, now we're gonna keep moving up these pitches so we went through each one we went through the dorian we did we, then we went through the third sequence of pitches that we went to phrygian then we went to the next sequence of pitches that made our lydian chord then we went to the fifth chord which is our mixolydian now he said now this five seven now this chord in particular has a important note within that chord because that important note as we learned in basic theory it resolves it's a leading tone that leads to the one. So that chord, if we're in the key of C, is a G. That note, that fifth scale degree is a G. So we spell a G7 chord, which will consist of G, B natural, D natural, and F natural, okay? So you have scale degree five, you have scale degree seven, you have scale degree two, and then you have scale degree four. 
those four pitches, right? And so now that middle pitch, that middle note, that seventh, that scale degree seven, which will be considered, which is the third of that chord, is the leading tone. So as important, when I start understanding like, okay, this is why everybody says that the five seven is important because of that resolution. This is what I learned in basic theory. So I was learning, by the time I got to jazz theory, I had already taken basic theory. So it started to, un, it started to click certain things, were, certain things were able to transfer over. What's very important to know about these two five progressions is that in jazz, these are what we call our center points. So our points of resolution, okay? So behind me here, <clears throat> gonna scoot back a little bit. Gonna grab my bass real quick. Okay, I'm gonna demonstrate something. Now, let's do this. I'm gonna lift this up for a second. All right, so gonna demonstrate something. So if we're talking about in the key of C, I'm gonna demonstrate this on the bass. So we have an open D, open G, and then we go to our one. So if I'm describing a two, five, one language is what the next part of what my teacher was trying to teach us. He says, once you understand how these sequences move, and how they resolve, then you're able to take those collection of pitches and start to create little motifs or melodies or whatever, and you can improvise around that, right? So, there's, um, I believe his name is Bart Legion, and I, and I hope I'm not getting his name uh, wrong, but he's a professor out of South Carolina who uh, wrote this book, he wrote this wonderful book, and within that book, he talks about Two five, uh, two five one language, and he came up with these sequence of patterns that you can do to start off to learn how to create your own two five one language, and it kind of gets you going. So it's called three uh, two ways in, three ways in, two ways out. Okay, so the whole point of this pattern or these sequences are to demonstrate that either you're going to resolve on the fifth of the one chord or you're gonna resolve on the third of the one chord, depending on which sequence you choose to go, you choose to go out of, okay? So, I'm gonna start with the two, five, one to C. So, in this case, we're gonna start with a D minor seven and then go up to the fifth scale degree, which is G, to a G seven and we're gonna resolve that to the C, okay? So you have this first chord, which is the minor two chord, okay? So you have the, uh, the minor two, so you have the minor seven. So D minor, and then you go to the five chord, which will be the G7, G7. So G, B, D, F. Okay, and then resolve it to the one. So now what you would do is take these scale degrees and you would do these patterns that would resolve on one of those two strong notes that I that I specified earlier, either the fifth or the third. So the first sequence, you would do, you would outline the minor two triad, one, three, five, seven. 
way that you can come out of it is either on that five chord, you could start on the third of that chord, which if we're the G7, you'll start on B, and then come back down and you'll land on the third. Or if you start on the fifth, you'll land, I'm sorry, if you land on the third, you'll land on the fifth. If you land on the fifth, you'll land on the third. So it's always reversed, okay? So if I go here on this minor uh, D minor seven, So here, now on the G7 chord, I'm gonna go three, two, one, seven. So B, A, G, F natural. So on the G7 chord, I'm starting on the third. So three, two, one, seven. Then when I resolve to that C major chord, I'm gonna land on the third. So I'll play it in time so you can kind of hear how it resolves. So you can do that on any 2-5-1 chord. Do that on B flat. You know, you can do the... Okay? On any T on any two five one you can do that sequence and it'll work. Alright? So that's one way. So now the second way is when you want to ascend. So if you want to descend, you would do that first pattern that I just did. One, three, five, seven, three, two, one, seven, three. But if you would like to continue, for instance, give me one second. So, all right, cool. All right. Okay. So, if you want to continue the to line, continue the line by ascending, then you will go one, three, five, seven. But instead of going three, two, one, seven, you're gonna go three, five, seven, flat nine. Five, and you'll, resol you'll resolve on the fifth of the chord. So this is ascending. One, three, five, seven on the D minor seven chord. Now we're on the G seven chord. Three, five, flat seven, flat nine. You land on the fifth of the C major chord. So now you're on the fifth scale degree, which is the G. So that was one of the sequences that was taught so now you can do it the other way so now you can start on the third and go all the way down so if i was starting on um if i was starting on the d minor seven chord i could start on the third scale degree and go three two one seven three two one seven three So if I'm playing on that D minor seven chord, I can go. And then I'll land on the third of the C major chord. So you have all these different variations in these different options. You can either go like this. Uh, uh. So start on the fifth of the D minor seven chord, and then you will go all the way down playing the same pattern, 
and you will land on the fifth of the C major chord as a resolution. So there's these different sequences that you can do uh, that was taught that I learned. There's these di different sequences that I that I learned over time that was very useful. And so when you're soloing, for instance, and for younger players, this is very important information to know. You have to outline those two, five, one changes. Sometimes, um, here's a couple of songs that you could try. Um, all the things you are, uh, all the things you are, Jerome, Jerome Kern. Try that song, okay? That's a perfect example of a, of a very simple melody. It has a lot of changes, but there's a lot of two, five, one sequences. Obviously, Autumn Leaves would be another one that's a little simpler because it only goes, it just modulates between the relative minor to the major. So it, it just, it doesn't deal with a lot of sequences per se. Um, but the perfect song is a little more advanced, but the perfect example of a tune, a jazz tune, a bebop tune, per se, that has the greatest example of 251 changes would be Clifford Brown's Joy Spring, okay? Also, there's another song that's a lot easier to listen to and it's slower, uh, John Coltrane's Central Park West. That's another tune that it, it, it gives a great example of how those 251 changes moves and how it, how it has these resolution points. And so in jazz, I teach my I teach my students this. I tell them that in jazz there are points of resolution. Okay, do not think because what you learned in, in, in your in your uh, in your regular classical Western classical theory that 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 particular information is not applicable to what you're doing here. It's no, that's that would be a bigotry like way of thinking. You need they're all the same. The only difference is is that in jazz there's a lot more harmony within the harmony so if you explore that harmony and understand how it functions that's the key word is functional harmony in jazz theory you have a lot of functional harmony there will be changes or or sequences for instance you will hear a sequence of two five one progressions that won't necessarily fit into the 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 key or like the actual key that the song is in but it's functioning in a way to where you can hear the harmony moving within the key center that's the whole purpose so when you understand how to play within a two five sequence then it'll start to come together a way a, a way to do that is break it apart okay take the chord itself and then you try to understand understand what that scale is is, is, is implying and so as i showed you uh just a second ago those different sequences are very useful so when you start to explore how to solo let's say you get to a tune where you have to play a bunch of two fives now you know how to navigate through though you know how to sequence through those two fives without it sounding like you're playing wrong non-diatonic diatonic notes within the chord okay so another example of uh, uh of how to approach two five language is listening to it from the five so the the minor two is just as important but that dominant five is is what has the most weight of that of that pattern because it has to resolve so usually unless the two five sequence is going to continue which that happens sometimes it's going to resolve somewhere so that dominant five has to function so for instance i hear a lot of my younger students 
uh, when I'm giving them uh, private lessons and I'm teaching them this stuff, they will play a minor third on a dominant five. And I try to correct them on that. I'm like, no, it's not minor. They're like, well, it's the same thing. I'm like, no, it's not the same thing because of that tension. That, that, that major third, that is a leading tone. So that note has a lot of tension. So if you don't resolve that note, if you don't resolve that tension, it's going to sound incorrect. It's going to sound almost like, wait, what just happened? You went left, you went left field here. So you have to know how to resolve it. So what I would suggest to practice, there's another book. Um, I actually have it right here. Yes. Scales for Jazz Improvisation. This book is wonderful. And I'm going to tell you why. I'll show you right here. At the very beginning of the book, it explains to you exactly these modes that I'm referring to. Okay, and it's, it's great. It's good to know for younger players. It's good for you all to know what these modes are because when you understand what the modes are, then you will understand how those chords function when you're reading your charts and you're trying to learn how to improvise over these language and your and your teacher saying well i don't hear the language and i'm pretty sure any young musician that's that's going to watch this is going to have heard that at some point they're like i don't hear you playing the changes well that's what they're referring to there's certain length there's certain continuity within within the harmony that you have to that you have to exploit and you have to make that present so when you have a minor two chord so again if i'm in a key of c if i have a d minor seven going to a G7 and it's resolving to the one chord, a, a C major a C major or a C7, a C major seven chord. If it's resolving somewhere, then you have to play, you have to play in a way, a pattern to where it'll outline that resolution. So if you just kind of do a, 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 a one, three, five, seven, but then a three, four two three and then you land on the two of the uh of the one chord it's like wait what you didn't resolve it so and that's what happens a lot that's where that disconnect is so um again some of the uh, some of the tunes that i mentioned earlier like joy spring or central park west those are just what came to my mind right now um are great tunes that you can practice that on all the things you are is another great tune as well that you can practice that on that has some um easy two five one progressions where it, they're not difficult to hear but you will hear how it resolves okay um bye bye blackbird also has some some very easy two five one sequences where you can kind of practice that as well um uh, but my last point that i want to mention before i before i go here my last point is that when dealing when dealing with two fives i would for any instrumentalist who's going to watch this for any instrumentalist sit at the piano first do not practice that practice those two fives on your instrument first you need to get your ear attuned to how it resolves and how it moves so even if you have to pluck it out with one hand and do 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 de, 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 de. so you can hear how it goes most of the time a lot of the a lot of young players cannot hear the resolution of those two five one language so you need to sit at the piano which is the most in tune instrument unless uh, unless it hasn't been tuned but if it has been tuned then you would have a perfect and correct pitch that you're hitting so your ear can adjust if you do not resolve it correctly 
okay that would be the biggest and greatest advice i can give you in order to really understand how to play through a two five one progression oh and then he just he just drops the mic right there no, i try not to but you know it just kind of it kind of fell out my hand <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of fell out. I was like, oh, oh, oops my bad uh, that was awesome so you're gonna be back next week with us on a part two on the same subject or what are your thoughts yes. there Yes, we're going to we're going to wrap this up with a part two. And what the part two is, I'm going to actually bring in some examples of charts. I think that will be uh, it'll kind of bring it all back home. If I can can demonstrate, you know, uh, what it is that I'm talking about as well. So that would be part of the part two sequence. I think that's great. I can't wait to get this up in the studio for others to share um or have access to as well it was really really good stuff so thank you brandon and you know i'm looking up on our one of the things i neglected to mention at the beginning is we have this in addition to the music festival we we have a regular music series that occurs outside in smaller scale socially distanced environments and brandon has performed as part of this series it's called the wanderlust music series he is bringing his trio back in August to the Evie's Bistro rooftop concert experience that we do. It's just a beautiful setting. And he has a featured trumpeter with him that night, Dan Miller, which is just so cool that we were able to kind of put this together with Brandon. So not only do we have Brandon, but we have Dan with us. Dan spent, I think, 11 years touring with Harry Connick Jr. Orchestra. Yeah and has played just he's just such a, a a wonderful addition and asset for us here in florida um such a big uh, jazz enthusiast and proponent for jazz education and uh, has also done a virtual session with us so that that particular series or, or event is going to be august 13th and i'm not sure if there are tickets uh still available for it but if there are go to the clearwaterjazz.com and click on the wanderlust link and scroll down sell to it out people that yeah no i think it's going to be awesome Let's so, sell it out so I'm we're really happy it. to Happy to have Brandon participating in that one. A big, a big thank you again to all of our uh, supporters that make these sessions and other outreach programs and initiatives possible. And for the students and players out there that have been following along with these sessions, thank you so much. We hope you're finding good value in them. Keep playing out there. Keep being creative. Keep sharing, keep learning, keep growing. And Brandon, man, I can't wait to see you again next week. I look forward to it. Awesome, man. Thank you guys once again um, to everybody. Oh, I want to give one shout out real quickly, if that's okay. Um, I have to give a shout out to the graduating class of 2021. Um, you know, this has been uh, to all of the college, high school, uh, community college, charter schools any other any schools you know you all made it man y'all you guys survived a a crazy pandemic a school year where you had to learn virtually which we have statistically have been shown that has not worked <laughs> at all for a lot of folks and you made it so i just want to take the time me being a professor here at at fgcu 
I, I hold that to my heart dearly that I said I'm proud. I was so proud of all the seniors and everybody who was graduating because I knew how hard it was for everyone. So for those of you who are watching this and you graduated, congratulations. You have completed one of the greatest milestones of your life. And I wish you nothing but prosperity and success for your future. Please hold on to these words when I say that even though life is going to get tough, you will make it. We have You have proven it. You have proven that even through a pandemic, you can still come out on top. So I'm proud of you. I just wanted to make that known that I'm proud of the graduating class and uh, wish them the best. Oh, that's beautiful. And thank you too to all the educators that um, figured out a way to, in a really difficult time, to um, keep inspiring and teaching and, and making it all happen. So, all right, on behalf of the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation, Thank you, everybody. We'll see you back real soon. See you guys. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Thank you to our friends at Marine Max Clearwater for helping to present this podcast series. To learn more about the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Annual Festival tradition, other special events throughout the year, and our year-round education and outreach, please visit clearwaterjazz.com.